Yes, welcome to episode of 2021. Yeah, uh, it feels like about June now. It seems a bit silly to be saying Happy New Year because January is always a very, very long month. Yeah, yeah, we, we're, we're like two weeks into it, just over two weeks into it, and it feels like forever. It does. It's not close enough to pay a day for my liking. <laughs> no, no, me neither. <laughs> But uh, Although, nevertheless, you know, it's not like it's not like we've got much to spend money on at the moment. So this is true. Yes, this is true. Um, so we're we're talking about a film that we thought would would cheer us up after yeah. after yeah after Christmas has come and gone, New Year's come and mm-hmm. gone, and um, we're well into lockdown. It's all a bit miserable. <laughs> it's very dark. Which, which lockdown are we on again? <laughs> I think we're on three. Oh, I think we're yeah. on three. Yeah. Three. Yeah, so we needed something really fun and and just perky and well, I, I don't know if it's perky. Is it set in Sheffield? No, no offense to Sheffield. Oh, that's a little harsh. Well, you know, when you're watching the film, one thing I noticed. Sorry, we will tell you what film it is in a minute. When I noticed, maybe all, you can guess. All the, all the the sky is all grey all the time. It looks. I don't think there's like any looks... blue sky in it. No, it's like uh, the outside of my window at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, yeah, it is. It's kind of it. It's it tends to be described as a black comedy. I'm not sure yeah. I'd go along with that. No, but there are elements of uh, there are elements I of mean, grimness to it. Is it described as a black comedy by Americans who don't understand British comedy? Maybe, possibly, possibly. You know, because our our sort of sense of humour is like quite sarcastic and. Like yes. quite self-deprecating in a way as well. So yeah, black comedy is just called yeah. comedy in the UK, yeah. isn't just it? Comedy. For the most part, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So, uh, so if you haven't guessed, how many films are set in Sheffield? There's a few. Yeah. But um, this one that we're talking about this month is, of course, The Full Monty, hey. which is from uh, 1997. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about you. When it came out, I saw it at the cinema. And then I saw it repeatedly on uh, on video, I think. Yes. I saw it on VHS. Yes. I think I was a little bit too young to go to the cinema and watch it on my own. Yes, I friends. think it's... Is it a 15? It's a 15. Uh-huh. And I was a, I was a wee 12 years old when it right. came out. So I wouldn't have really got into the cinema to watch it. But I do remember uh, my first viewing was at home on VHS. And I was asking my mum, oh, can I watch it? Can I watch it? Can I watch it? And she wasn't very sure about letting me watch it to begin with. But then I did point out that her and my dad had taken me to watch Brast Off the year before. And that was also a 15. Yes. And I said, well, it can't be any worse than Brast Off. And you let me watch Brast Off. So but that was a, in the end. That had brass instruments in it. It did have brass instruments in it. It also had lots of other things that aren't appropriate for a 12-year-old to watch. <laughs> Quite right. I think we should come back to that. We should do Brast Off. Yes. At some oh, point yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah, why not? That's a good one. Because I've not seen mm-hmm. that for quite a long time. And oh, um, I, I watch it like every year almost. <laughs> do you really? No, I've not seen it for a while. And and, um, and the full Monte I hadn't seen for, for ages. As I say, I watched it mm-hmm. over and over when it came out. But I've probably not seen it for oh, 20, 20 years. Yeah, I so, said it was probably about 20 years yeah. since I last watched it. But so I was I did, really I keen to go back and see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to revisit something. I said it's, it, it, I wrote notes saying feels like putting your comfy clothes on again. Yes, definitely. And we know all yeah. about that in lockdown three, don't we? We do. I'm living in jogging bottoms. It is just like putting your pyjamas on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Getting exactly. up, having a shower and putting your pyjamas back on. I have no idea what that feels like, but apparently that's, what... <laughs> apparently that's a thing. That should be a January thing as well. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, 1997, um, it came out just before Princess Diana's death, which I hadn't put right, those two okay. things together, but apparently mm-hmm. quite a few commentators have suggested that's why it was so successful or one of the reasons why it was so successful because everyone was looking for something a bit uplifting a bit cheerful so um, that's understandable yeah definitely 
It um, took uh, fifty-two million pounds at the box office in the UK, didn't it? So huge amount. Yeah, it was a highly successful British film. It was massive. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, IMDb score of seven point two. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know. I'd, I think that's low. I do. Yeah, I'd go a bit yeah. higher than that. Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it's commendable. I tend to think anything over seven is. I'll give that. Uh, I'll give that uh, some screen time. Mm-hmm. If it's under seven. You know, between six and seven, hmm, maybe. Anything under six, I'm not going to give it time of day unless it stars Nicolas Cage or Jason Statham. <laughs> okay. that's, that, that's most of Nicolas Cage and Jason Statham's back catalogue in all fairness. But... <laughs> He's under six. <laughs> under six, <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. Yeah, but uh, but seven point two. It's not bad, but um, yeah, no, I, I'd, go, I'd go higher than that. It won. Um, it won quite a few awards. Mm-hmm. I read it won a lot of uh, BAFTAs in 1998, was it? Tons, yeah. It won Best yeah. Film at the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, considering that uh, Titanic and LA Confidential were out that year. Right. That's quite impressive. They're pretty huge films. <laughs> pretty big, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you, you could have a little bit of British bias going on at the BAFTAs. I think so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Slash definitely. a lot. It got yes. Oscar nommed though as well. It got Oscar nommed for best for film. a lot of things, yeah. And it won the Oscar for music, original music, or comedy mm. score. Mm-hmm. Um, that was by uh, a female composer. Absolutely, Yay. yes, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because when I was thinking about the original, when I read that, I thought all I could think of was the uh, the kind of jukebox soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but when you then rewatch it, you you hear then the the score, and it's really yeah. oh yeah, it's really good. yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, of course, I know it. But when yeah. you try and think of it off the top of your head, all you can think of is hot chocolate and mm-hmm. you know Tom, Tom Jones. Jones, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, the music right at the beginning of the film where they're in trouble trying to steal the scrap metal. Yes. And they get into trouble on top of the car. That's like that's part of the Anne Dudley score, and it's brilliant music. It is, it and is. I was thinking, oh yeah, I forgot how good this is. It's proper, it's comedy music, but it's not yeah. cheesy, is it? It really mm-hmm. adds to the to the comedy. Yeah, it's like a bit of swagger, a bit of swagger yeah. music, just to sort of give you an idea of the characters, I suppose. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. talking about the characters, um, is it rewatchable, and why or why not? I'm going to say that it's rewatchable because of the characters. Yeah. The music's great, you know, the story's fun, it's uplifting. But uh for me it's the characters. You just enjoy spending time with them. Yeah, you do. Even though like Gaz can be a bit of a pain in the bottom. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's still a bit lovable and Yes. You empathise with him a bit, don't you, you know? Objectively, he's a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you it's know, not when, the you, when you kind of watch it with the, you know, with with twenty odd years hindsight, you think mm-hmm. this this guy is reprehensible. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it's not his fault he lost his job in all fairness, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it sounds like he'd been in prison before then. Yeah, um, he's clearly not keeping up with uh, with his child support. Uh, yeah. He's a thief. Um, his his attitude he towards women take... is somewhat prehistoric. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, it, it doesn't take a, the job hunting sort of seriously by the looks of it either. Not really. Like, he's no. not trying too hard. No, no. And Mark Addy's character, Dave, he gets a job mm-hmm. as security guard within yeah. moments of looking for one. Yeah. So clearly there are jobs out there. And your other guy, Lomper, he's got his job he has. as a yeah, security yeah. guard there. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know, Gary's not a great character. He's a great character, mm-hmm. he's just not a great person. And I think mm-hmm. it's testament to Robert Carlyle's acting and yeah. personality that you actually like him. It's only really mm-hmm. when you sit down and think about it that you're like, if I knew him in real life, he'd be the most annoying human being. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he is. He manages to make him quite likeable, doesn't he? Sorry, slightly off subject, but I wonder if that's why Gary King from The World's End Film three of the Cornetto trilogy is called Gary. It's called Gary. Yeah, I wonder possibly. if he's kind of based on him because he's kind of annoying and he is. He's and a similar. Just, yeah. He's like a man child. He is. You know. Yeah. He is a a similar character. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, so you got Gary. You got uh, Mark. It was it was more or less oh. the first thing that Mark Addy had been in. Really, the first kind oh, of major really? thing he'd been in. Yeah. 
And obviously now he's gone on to massive things. He's been in yeah. Game of Thrones, probably the biggest yeah. thing. He's in Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a massive character actor now, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So, oh, it, I saw him in um, the drama White House Farm that was on last year. Oh, as right, well. okay, yeah. And that, I mean, that was a really good show, anyway. But um, uh-huh. he was really, really good at it. Right. Like, yeah, I like Mark Addy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. He's a good guy. Who else you got? You got Hugo Spear, mm-hmm. who's been in a few bits and pieces since within Musketeers. He's kind uh, of the what uh... the series. Yes. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, he's kind of the eye candy of the right. group. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got uh, Steve Houston, Lomper. Do we ever figure mm-hmm. out why Lomper is called Lomper? I googled Lomper. Oh, okay, right. I realised this was a bit of a risk because I had no idea what was going to come up. <laughs> True. Yes. <laughs> Especially when it sent me to Urban Dictionary, I was a little bit worried oh, for a moment. Yeah. yeah. But um, it did say on Urban Dictionary something about someone who is considered to be really tall. Oh, okay. Um, but he doesn't strike me as being particularly tall in the film. No, like no, no taller than the others, really. No, so I don't, I don't know. Why Maybe his character is Lumper. It might be one of those ironic nicknames. Where he, <laughs> yeah, he isn't very tall, so yeah. <laughs> they call him Lumper. <laughs> oh, could be. Uh, you got Tom Wilkinson, who's obviously been in everything. Everything. But it in, took me about 10 minutes to scroll through his IMDb credits. He's been in that much. He re- yeah, he has. And he's, to yeah. be fair, he's normally doing a, a fairly lame American accent in yeah. in many, many things. But He's uh, playing some sort of executive suit-wearing chap. Usually. Often a bad yeah. guy. Or, or a slightly shifty guy, if not Yeah. The only bad. The only thing I can remember that I've seen him in where he's like a genuinely nice person, like right from the get-go, is... Um, the best exotic Marigold Hotel. Oh, yes. And I love his character in that. Yeah. So, yeah, he can play a really good guy. Yes. Like, you know, when he wants to, but he is usually like a bit of a sinister suit. <laughs> Definitely. And, he, you know, he's kind of a good guy in this, isn't he? He's yeah, he is. Falling on tough times like everybody else. Yeah, Apparently, exactly. it, was, it was thought that it was his character, Gerald, that mm-hmm. made the film big in Japan. Because oh, really? at the time when it came out, there'd been an awful lot of middle management people that had been made redundant because of the oh, financial situation over there. So mm-hmm. obviously people watched it and they identified with Gerald. Oh, uh, bless. More than with <laughs> the likes of Gary. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that's, what, uh, that's what the thinking is. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why it was, it was big over there. Uh, You've got Paul Barber, uh, who was... Denzel in uh, Only Fields and Horses. Mm-hmm. Um, daft question. It, it, wh- why is he called horse? Is it for the reasons that we that we assume? Because it's never well, it's never fully explained. Yeah, because I assumed that it's for the reasons that you kind it, of yes, assume. They allude but then to later on in the film is using an attachment. It, yes, exactly. Exactly. To try and help in that department. Indeed, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't quite understand. I don't know. Maybe he was a chronic gambler or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Yeah. It's one of life's mysteries. Left to your imagination. Probably best that way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the other face that you that you recognise is uh, uh, Bruce Jones, uh, Les Battersbury from, uh, from mm-hmm. Corrie. Oh. In his little cameo. Uh, which I've actually put down as not not a fast forward or check your social mm-hmm. media, but that the bit where he is auditioning is mm-hmm. heartbreaking. It is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit upsetting, isn't it? It's it's a little bit upsetting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it's not something you you fast forward through, but it is a bit oh, a little bit cringy. Yeah. And it does kind of uh, sort of nail the point that Gary's putting his child Quite sort right. of in a position that he shouldn't be in. Definitely. You know, when yeah. he says, no, this isn't a place for kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oof, that's a burn. It is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So even though he's only got, a, you know, a couple of minutes in the film, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's quite an important part. It is. Um, as, as an aside, the uh, the good gentleman, comedy folk writer, him indoors, uh, has been to Bruce Jones's house. Really? Um, it's, yes, it's, <laughs> it's a long and not particularly interesting <laughs> story, but it's to do with uh, Come Dine With Me. Um, oh, oh! I seem to remember uh, yeah, this. Yeah, 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 I remember this now. Yeah, 
Oh, claim to fame. In- <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, it's a, a fairly low bar. claim to fame. <laughs> yes, it is a fairly low bar in, in terms of uh, claims to fame, but uh, mm-hmm. but there you go. So who, who's your MVP from from the from the film in terms of narrative uh, or or just who's your favorite character or is it is it just an ensemble thing for you? Oh, well, I got MVP Gary. Okay. Uh, I put Gary down for MVP just because, you know, he does start off as a kind of annoying, not very nice human being. Yes. And, you know, he doesn't seem to be like really working too hard at his relationship with his son. Mm hmm. It's almost treating his son more like he's his like mate, one of the lads, and it's like that's Definitely. not really what a father should be to a a son, you know. Like you know, they want to be mates, but you've got to look after him properly, and he doesn't seem to be doing that. And so I just I think Gary is the MVP for me just because of his sort of character arc throughout yes. the film. You know, he kind of moves the most character wise by he the does. end of the film. He's he sort of he realizes that you know, all the sort of sexist things that he sort of says and thinks about women, he's then on the receiving end of that at the end of the film and he's, That's like, right. absolutely terrified of it. And, um, you know, he's realised he's got to actually provide properly for his son, mm-hmm. uh, that he can't keep doing silly things that are going to put his son into positions that he shouldn't be in as a child. And so, yeah, I like Gary. I yeah. like Gary at the end because, yeah. He's got the most interesting development character, either. He has, yeah, he has as a character, yeah. yeah. And he stops um, to, like, he sort of realises that, you know, while it's nice to be one of the lads and take the mick out of his mate Dave and stuff, and, you know, he calls him fat and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, he kind of realises at the end that he's bang out of order for saying things like that, because not just women that worry about body image, it's not just women that worry about being objectified like he's then on the receiving end of it all so and you can see that change in him yeah yeah he does learn he learns throughout the course he of the does film, doesn't he yeah i think um i don't know in terms of story i think nathan is kind of he's, he's the mm-hmm. crux of the story because without him the whole yeah. show doesn't take place does it there's, there's no Mm-mm. there's no reason for it yeah and and mvp for the actual troop i think has to be horse <laughs> Because yeah. he um, he can dance, he can dance. <laughs> Which, yeah, <laughs> he can dance. Yeah, arguably, um, arguably well endowed. We, we're not sure, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he's um, he, he kind of brings the, the the troop together. I think mm-hmm. without his dancing skills, uh, I don't think it would it would happen. No, probably not. But I do think it's it's a real good it's another example of a, a good ensemble cast, isn't it? Yeah, and, definitely. And another yeah. another reason why it should there should be a, a an award for that. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, it, it there isn't anywhere, is there? Have we had this discussion on a previous episode? We have, we have, and I think there is. I think there's one uh, awards board that does have an ensemble cast, and it and it's constantly talked about at the Baftas mm-hmm. and the Oscars. Footnote. As previously discussed, the Screen Actors Guild gives an award each year for outstanding performance by a cast or ensemble. And in 1997, the award went to... The Full Monty! It's almost like we don't do any research at all. It really would be a a great thing to have, because although we've singled people out... There's no real standout performances. They just all play off against mm-hmm. each other, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, it so it's in terms of uh, a, being a British film, we we do not have to crowbar this in. This is definitely no. a British film. This is British Very as they British. come. It, in fact, yeah. it, it was a UK US co-production, so uh, there was a little bit of American money involved in that. It's filmed in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's one bit that's filmed in Chesterfield, the outside of the Working Men's Club, but the rest of it is filmed in Sheffield. Um, mm. All British actors, actresses. Yeah. We haven't discussed the actresses. We have to say female actors because we read The Guardian, but uh, we, we haven't discussed... <laughs> Les- Leslie Sharp is your, your main um, yeah. female influence in this, in this film, and she's very, very good. And obviously mm-hmm. she's been in loads of stuff, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's a British cast, a uh, British setting. Mostly the, British um, soundtrack? Uh, yes. Yeah, Music-wise? Yeah, I would say it like, is, yeah. 
I think there's yeah, a couple definitely. of American artists on there, but I think mostly mm-hmm. is a British soundtrack. Too. Predominantly, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's got a brass band in it, so what's more British than a brass band? Very little. Morris Dancers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Morris Dancers. We don't We don't need Morris Dancers in it. Garden Gnomes. It, well, it does have Garden Gnomes in it. It does have it, Garden so, Gnomes yeah, in it. Yeah, that's quite British. That makes it pretty British. It does. Uh, in terms of the crew... Um, it was directed by... I couldn't remember who it was directed by, which is really bizarre for such a, a massive film. Mm-hmm. But when I looked into it, it's because he hasn't really done very much else in terms of the film world. Uh, Peter yeah. Catanio, he's done tons mm-hmm. of TV. Yeah. But he did uh, Full Monty and he did last year's Military Wives. And that's about it. There is one other film that on I noticed on his IMDb, and now I really want to watch it. It's not a it's not a British film, as far as I can tell. It's an American one, but it's called The Rocker, and okay. it's got um Rain Wilson in who plays Dwight in the American Office. Yes, uh, that actually looks like quite an entertaining film too. Oh, okay. So I'm going to That'd have to check that out into. now. Yeah, definitely. But um, but yeah, you're right. Is is yeah, he's done the Bill Military Wives and yeah. It's, it's like you said, just bits of British uh, sort of TV stuff here. There, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, tons of TV, but uh, yeah, yeah, not so many films. It well, sounds um, like um, it sounds like this was not an easy film to make, mm-hmm. which might have been what put him off making anything else <laughs> for the foreseeable future. Um, uh, Robert Carlyle describes it as a tough shoot. Yes, and I think I was looking to see if I could find. Um, uh, a, a DVD commentary, and there just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be one in existence, which is probably a result of everyone hating everything to do with the film and mm-hmm. not really wanting to speak mm-hmm. about it. But which yeah, it's quite strange because it looks like it's because it, it's such a fun film, and because, yeah. like you said, the ensemble cast is so yeah. good, it looks like they probably would have had a really good time shooting. You it, would but... think so, yeah. But do you not find that um, very often when you hear actors speaking about, oh, we had such a good time, it was brilliant. It's, it sets off warning bells because very mm. often when you watch the film, it's dreadful. <laughs> yeah. And you think, well, I'm glad you had a good time making it because no one's having a good time watching it. So, yeah. you know, and maybe usually, the reverse is true. Yeah, usually all that's redacted 10 years later in another interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. So, yeah, it sounds like it was absolutely horrific. I think mm-hmm. they filmed it in the winter as well, so it must have been quite cold, all that undressing. Yeah, that, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a bit nippy. Apparently Nicholas Lindhurst was offered the role of uh, Gary initially mm-hmm. and he turned it down because he didn't want to take his kit off in the winter. <laughs> fair Which is fair, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Apparently <laughs> as well, Rick Mail was considered for the role of Gary. Oh my, that would have been wonderful. I know, I was just like, as much as I love Robert Carlyle, I yes. kind of want to see that as well. That Yeah, that would have been fantastic, uh-huh. definitely. Oh, I think we missed out there. I know. As you but say, Robert know. Carlyle does a very good job, but yeah, that would have been yes. amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so it sounds like, um, well, it depends who it depends whose version of events you believe. It sounds like the film was polished and put together by the producer and the editor. Mm-hmm. Um, the first draft was apparently consigned to straight to DVD. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, and it was too short to begin with as well. The cut, the cut was too short, so they had to go back and. <laughs> that's why they, we that's get the right. exercise montage. But that's middle, one of my favorite bits. Through. I know it's down as one of my favorite yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah. But that's but, how I've the exercise ever, montage came around. I had never noticed before that Robert Carlyle isn't in that bit. Uh uh-uh. no, me but neither. Apparently, he wasn't available for the reshoots, so mm-hmm. that's why he's not in it. But I'd never noticed. Wasn't available in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was, was like, watching... I ain't going back there. Exactly. He was washing his, his smalls, yeah. Uh, so it was written by Simon uh, Beaufoy. Is it Beaufoy? Yeah, um, I, who I would say Beaufoy. Absolutely tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Slumdog Millionaire, 127 Hours, Hunger Games, Everest, Battle of the Sexes. So, And yeah. I'm going to have to go off on another film tangent. He also Do wrote it. Blow Dry. Have you ever okay. seen Blow Dry? I don't think I have, no. Oh, I'm going to lend you Blow Dry. It will rock your world. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant... It's set in Keeley. Okay. And it's about a hairdressing competition. Right. That comes to Keeley. This sounds um, amazing. It is. Honestly, it's absolutely hilarious. It's got Alan Rickman in it. Um, 
it, it's fantastic. Now yeah. you've said that, I, I'm yes. going to have to lend it to you. Yeah, def- this sounds like a future rewatchable. Footnote. The Rocker is available to rent on most video-on-demand platforms. Sadly, Blow Dry is not available on any streaming services, and a hard copy will set you back about £35 on eBay. It's a good job I've got access to the hairdressing section of Betty's DVD collection. Yeah, that's definitely going to have to go on my list. On the list. On the list. <laughs> but yeah, Simon Beaufort, yeah, he's, he's written, written loads, hasn't he? He's, yeah. Yeah. So good yeah, one. good job on this film. Mm-hmm. Good job on all of his films, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job on this. What yeah. I like about the uh, the characters and the way that it's written is that they're all kind of introduced one at a time. It's almost like a heist film. Mm. You know, they're all kind of brought <laughs> in, aren't they? You know, one by one. And in yeah. a really organic way as well. Um, yeah, oh, so the, the writing's the bit really where you good. get where you get introduced to Lompa. It's funny, but it's kind of like really sad as well. It is, and um, something that I read about Peter Catania, which is really sad, um, is apparently his uh, his sister took her own life. Oh. So um, for him to be directing a film in which not only does someone make an attempt, but then mm-hmm. there's a whole scene afterwards where they discuss all the various different ways in which they could uh, yeah could he could try again successfully. Um, mm-hmm. Once I'd read that fact, I just found that scene a little bit. Oh goodness me, a bit near mm-hmm. to the knuckle. Oh, but um, but yeah, it is a again black comedy, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> and um, and Lomper as well. Just just a little, I don't know, just just a little nitpick. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, on on a serious note, there's no rhyme or reason to suicide, is that often? Mm-mm. But in the film, Lomper has got uh, a job. Is the only one of them that's got a job, and he's got his mum to look after. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. from a kind of script point of view, I do always wonder why it is that Lompers decided to take that course of of action. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, uh, but, but, but hey ho, that's me trying to bring a little bit of, you know, logic into a, a largely nonsensical film, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it is. It's, it's a sad yeah. way. It's a sad way that he's introduced, but then also you've got that funny bit where they chuck him back in the car uh, <laughs> for, being, for being ungrateful for being know, saved. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like the scene afterwards where they're sat on, on yeah. a field, like later, just sort of mulling things over. Yes. And yeah. he's like, I've not got any friends. And like Gaz and Dave are like, oh, yeah. we've just saved your life. You and know, then they go on to demonstrate. Mates. They demonstrate that they're his mates by suggesting that they would they would run him over. Run him as over soon as look instant. at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that's what friends are for. At the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, it is black, <laughs> black comedy. Black comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so, well, yeah, favorite bits. So uh, we've established that the the exercise montage. I mean, montages mm-hmm. are great anyway, aren't they? Every yeah. every montage is wonderful. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I can't believe that that was an add-on, really, because it, it, this movie's crying out for a training montage, isn't it? It is really. Maybe they were inspired by like Rocky or something. Definitely, yeah. You know, I mean, I but, remember. Yeah, it is one of my favourite bits. I remember watching um, uh, Rocky Balboa on a plane, and you always enjoy films more when you watch them on a plane, don't you? Oh yeah. And yeah, I remember watching it, and, and it being a terrible, terrible film. But when I saw that two-minute training montage towards the end, I just had this sudden thought that I was watching the best film that had ever been made. <laughs> Five stars. Exactly, yeah. There's just something about a training montage that really kind of works, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the music, the Steve Harley music as well, that goes along with, with that, which is a fab mm-hmm. song. But yeah, I like that. The dancing in the doll cue bit, everyone likes that bit. Mm. You, uh, Apparently it almost got edited out. Because it was considered yeah. too far fetched. Yeah, which if we're gonna take if we're gonna take that argument, you'd have to get rid of half the film, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I think you probably would. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, it is a good scene. It, it is. is a good scene. I do like yes. that they don't go too overboard on that bit, though. Definitely, it's just really subtle. And who hasn't done that? Who hasn't mm. you know been Especially if you have got your headphones on, you're listening to something, mm-hmm. and you. And you kind of start jigging and then realise that, you know, oh, <laughs> I'm in public. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, it's a great bit. I love the bit with uh, with Dave sitting in the shed, uh, wrapping himself in cling film and oh. eating a Mars bar. 
it's kind of heartbreaking, but it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, you just kind of want to go give him a hug, bless him. <laughs> you do, yeah, you do. Yeah, I love that bit. One and of I, my favourite bits is uh, Gerald's interview. When, uh, <laughs> when Gaz and Dave are messing around with his gnomes in the background. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I feel sorry it for is. Gerald. But, oh, yeah, that is hilarious. The, the bit at Job Club immediately after that where he kind of breaks yeah. down and, you know, oh, you really feel for him, you know, you really you do. do. He, mm. he, is, he is a good actor when he, <laughs> when he wants to be. When he's given a good script and doesn't have to do a silly accent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like the uh, the dress rehearsal with Horsey's family. That that <laughs> yeah. is one of my favourite bits. Just the fact that uh, that his mum has brought a flask and some knitting. I know. I put grandma knitting. <laughs> yeah. But is it his mum? Yeah. Sorry. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think he says it's his mum and his sister and his niece. Is it his mum and his sisters? Oh right. And okay. his niece. Because don't I forget, horses. Horse is supposed to be ancient, even though uh, Paul yes. Barber is actually three years younger than Tom Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the whole thing is that he's he's ancient, mm-hmm. so yeah. But yeah, I, I love know, that. I do love that love sitting that with some bit. knitting. Yeah, <laughs> and the kind of giggling. Yeah, that's one of my favourites. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Um, how many degrees of Richard Curtis have you got one? Uh, well, I've got two. I've got two. Because I know that we always seem to have like a different idea as to whether it's yes. like a short path or a, or a long sort of more path. extended path. Which for, is interesting. To Richard Curtis. So I've gone for a short and I've gone for a long. Okay. Right, let's see if we've got the same. So the short one first. Yeah. Tom Wilkinson was in Best Exotic Marigold Hotel with Bill Nye, who is in he's pretty a... much every Richard Curtis film. Going. He is, but yeah. Love, well, done. actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Easy peasy lemon squeeze. That was easy. But I'll do my semi-short one. Okay, I'll go on. And then you can take the rest of the podcast to do your long one. <laughs> it's not that long. <laughs> <laughs> so my uh, my short one, in fact, I've only got one, but it's quite short. Um, mm. Peter Catanio directed, obviously, Full Monty, and he directed Military Wives, mm-hmm. which starred Kristen Scott Thomas, who played Fiona in Four Weddings and a Funeral, which was written yep. by Richard Curtis. There we go. There we go. Relatively so, straightforward. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's to the yeah, point. It is. Go for it. <laughs> well, what's your, what's I try, your I tried I tried to impress you, you see, with like with making a few more connections. Your so. encyclopedic film knowledge. <laughs> yeah, with the help of Google and IMDB. <laughs> yeah. So Leslie Sharp had like a role in From Hell, which starred Heather Graham. Right. And Heather Graham was an Austin Powers girl. She was. As was Liz Hurley. Yes, I see where you're going and with Liz this. Liz Hurley dated Hugh Grant. Quite correct. And Hugh Grant was in Four Weddings at a Funeral, written by Richard Curtis. Very good. Yeah. I like that one. I tried That's to go a little great. obscure, you see. That was a little obscure, yeah. That may have yeah. been the, the most links we've ever had. I mm. like that one. That was impressive. Maybe. Thanks. <laughs> but everything can be linked to Richard Curtis. If we yeah, ever do, really do. Can. I don't know what we're going to do if we actually do Four Weddings and a Funeral. We're going to have to link it to somebody else. Have to find mm. someone else to look at. Never think about that one. Yeah. So, uh, is it a bit far fetched? In places, I guess. Yeah. I um, one of my favourite like tiny little bits in it is mm. the really surreal bit with the with the pick and mix in Asda. Yeah. Where he picks up the sweet and the alarm goes off, <laughs> and then he stands bit. on it. The alarm <laughs> stops. It's just really weird. It's a it's a moment that seems from another film because it's just really quite odd, isn't it? A little bit surreal. Um, It is, but I I do love that that he just he's got such sort of comic chops for doing that bit. My (laughs) daddy is so funny. Yeah, it's great. So funny. Yeah, I like that. The the other, I mean, this is I'm again I'm thinking about this too much. Maybe I am overthinking it. What is Dave going to do for a job now? He's quit the Asda. You know, mm. at the end, he, he quits his job. He goes and does one night as a stripper. What's he going to yeah. do now? Mm-hmm. A little bit silly, really. And also, him and Gaz have just legged it out of Asda wearing stolen goods. Yeah, they're both probably going to get prosecuted. he's employed by Asda. Exactly. So they, know, they literally know where he lives. Yeah. So, yeah, not the best. Not no. the best idea. No. Again, probably overthinking it, but... Uh... I don't think anyone would be that daft to do something like that, though. I don't think so. No. no, so that's a little that's a little bit far fetched, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, I think that Dave's wife believes his story a little bit too quickly. Because mm. I think Leslie Sharp plays a wonderful part <laughs> in that scene. 
you know, where she thinks, you know, understandably, she thinks that he's having an affair. Uh-huh. And then he just says, no, you're getting it all wrong. I was a stripper. And she goes, oh, well, that's all right. Then why didn't you just say... I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> obviously. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not sure that would actually go down exactly like that. Mm-mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's a good job he's got proof. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he manages to prove that, that his story's true. But, yeah, I think... Uh, I love the beginning of that scene because I think mm-hmm. she's great. But, yeah, I do think... Yeah, that I don't think many women would fall for that quite so quickly. Yeah, maybe I, I'm not sure that Gerald would go through with the performance as well after just being given like a new job. Yes, definitely. I think you, I think he'd be a bit too worried about it having an impact on him. You know, not getting yeah. that job. You imagine him getting a phone call the following day, don't you? Um, yeah, you, you've brought the company into disrepute, uh, yeah. and we're not going to offer you the job anymore. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe back back then, I don't suppose it was probably an issue. Nineteen ninety seven. There was no Facebook, true. no social media. Yeah. No one's like really video recording it or anything. That's true. Yeah. You know, now it would be a problem. It would definitely would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this question because hand yeah. on heart, I've never been to see any strippers. Uh huh. Would they really do just one dance? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing if you go and see the Chippendales that they do a whole evening's entertainment. I'm guessing it's all a little samey, but surely they don't just but come out and get the kit off and then go home. I, I was kind of thinking something similar for a tenor. Yeah. And a tenor back in 1997 as well. Yeah. You'd want more for your money than just like one song, wouldn't you? Yeah, when, um, when they're offering £2.50 an hour to work in the factory. <laughs> yeah, a tenner is quite a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot. So yeah, that that's always puzzled me a little bit. That's always mm-hmm. worried me because obviously they're practicing to different bits of music, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So there's maybe a suggestion that they do other. They but do they're other not going to start. But they're doing with the full Monty. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah quite. That right. would be like the finale. <laughs> it would. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's always troubled me a little bit. That maybe like the mm-hmm. crowd. The crowd go wild and then the crowd get a little bit miffed when they realise that's it. <laughs> like, what and especially when you've got to pay now? for your booze on top as well. You know, your, your food and your drink on top. Yeah, yeah. That's a very expensive but very short night out. It really is, yeah. 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 So, yeah, just those little, those little bits, mm-hmm. I think. But, again, the whole film kind of sweeps you along, doesn't it? So yeah. you, don't, you don't think too much on the, on the far-fetched stuff. Uh, what's your favourite line? Are there mm-hmm. any favourite lines that you can repeat? Yeah, yeah. There's some. There's some. Like, I mean, you can. You can. I've got ask him why he's called horse. Is one of my favourite <laughs> yeah. lines because it is so funny. Yeah. Um. So you can repeat that. You can without yeah. blushing. Um, I think one of my favourite um, lines, or just one of my favourite bits, is where they're on top of the car in the opening scene. <laughs> um, you, how are you doing? Ah, not so bad. <laughs> not so bad that's not much of a chuffing SOS is it yeah. I just love that I just love the whole idea of someone just walking past and just going like mm-hmm. alright <laughs> yeah like it's the most normal thing exactly. in the world to see yeah. two guys in a yeah. canal stuck on top of a car yeah and being yeah. in a canal stuck on top of a car would be not so bad I mean let's see a bad day I know yeah <laughs> Yeah, that is, that's one of my favourite uh, repeatable uh-huh. lines I do and love I, where Dave in that little scene as well calls Gaz bog-eyed as well bog-eyed like, yeah, what's that about what's your plan now bog-eyes <laughs> I don't even know what he means by I, that I but don't it's but funny. it's just it's typical northern yes it's Angus an slang in it yeah you know? definitely yeah, yeah it is it just is. coming up with some ridiculous words yeah and I like um, I like Dave's uh, commentary on uh, the flash dance video <laughs> Uh, I do like that. I hope she dances better yeah. than she wells, so mixes alter cock and uh, <laughs> many more unrepeatable uh, lines. Mm-hmm. Um, One of Dave's other lines, uh, when they're in the job centre talking, like toying with the idea of doing a Chippendale yes. show. And he says, right, times 10 quid by a thousand, right? And you've got, yeah, well, a very lot. <laughs> <laughs> a very lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got a very lot. <laughs> like I can't do that maths but it's a lot 
And uh, in fact, he's got all the best lines: anti wrinkle cream, yeah, the baby, but anti fat individual cream, <laughs> yeah. there is not. <laughs> yeah. Or cling film. I'm not a chicken jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, one one of my favourite lines is the uh, when they're at Gerald's uh, practicing mm-hmm. the stripping, and mm-hmm. uh, and the bailiffs come round for the stuff, and they all go out, put down, and jog yeah. on. I'm paraphrasing, on. but uh, yeah, I love that mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, most of the most of the favourite lines you cannot use in real life. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's again, it's just the writing, isn't it? It's really good. Mm-hmm. Can you watch it, it with your mum? Have you watched I'm it with your mum? I have watched it with my mum. There you go. I've watched it with my parents when we got it on VHS. So yes, yeah. Me. What about you? There's an awful lot of bad language in it that um, mm. you forget about. I, I was quite yeah. surprised re-watching it after all this time at all the effing and jeffing because you yeah. tend to think of it as kind of like a feel-good, if not necessarily a family film, but, you know, mm-hmm. just a, a nice family film. And, yeah, there's an awful lot of bad language in it, much more than you than you think, so yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure Mother would approve, but... Uh, and Obviously, the subject matter, you've got lots of anatomical references, haven't you? But most of it's done quite, yes. uh, you know, in quite a humorous carry on kind of way mm-hmm. i suppose um yeah. yeah i think you need you need a few mint balls i think to get through uh, <laughs> the full monty i was just gonna say when i told my mum that we were doing like the full monty for this month's film she yeah. went oh you can watch it with your mum <laughs> <laughs> and i was like all right mum calm down <laughs> <laughs> oh very good yeah sadly it's not a mo movie it's not no it's the actual opposite of a Mo movie because the only time yeah. that women talk to each other, they are talking about men. Yeah, they are. Um, in they the are. bathroom at the beginning, yeah. And it's really I, odd because in a lot of other ways, it's a proper like gender reversal film, as yeah. you were talking about before, where you're talking about men being objectified in the same mm. way that you know women were, are, I suppose. Yeah. Well, I wrote down, like, you know, it's sort of like 90s feminism is... For, from what I can sort of remember of it, it's more about like the girl power image and yes. girls turning the table on the boys sort of thing. Yes, uh, and and you know boys becoming maybe a bit more objectified, like yeah. women have been up until then. So, you know, it, it does have some representation. Yeah, it fits women, in certainly but, with the time that it yeah. was made. But it doesn't but, meet um, the no criteria. No, no, mm-hmm. it doesn't. And most of the. Female characters are pretty two-dimensional. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, another... Oh, I suppose this comes under Is It Far-Fetched, but uh, Linda, Gerald's wife, mm-hmm. uh, throwing him out after she's found out that he's been uh, made redundant and he's been lying to her. Yeah. Really? I know. She threw him out? I mean, I know he'd been yeah. lying to her, but... Really? But, I know. It's a bit ridiculous. It is, Yeah. But maybe that's like a testament to sort of the way her character's written, that she's quite shallow. Like, you know, she's yeah. sort of gone, well, you ain't got no money now, so get gone. But she doesn't say that, does she? When when she confronts him about it, she said, I can't, mm. can't believe you, you couldn't tell me. Yeah. You know, she gives the impression that she would have been supportive, mm. you know, and that it's all in his mind. Um, and then the next scene, we find that she's thrown him out, and I think, oh, that, I don't think that's in keeping with that character, even though we we don't see her very much. Yeah, you know, it just seems far fetched and just not, you know, not quite, not quite right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, female characters could do with a bit more development. And a, a funny thing that I, when I was looking at some articles, um, I think it was a Metro article that was written at the time, and it had Linda. Deidre Costello's character, uh, Gerald's mm-hmm. wife, below a picture of the two women that uh, that speak to to Gary and uh, and Dave. Right. And I thought, I'm pretty certain that's not that's, that's not, not her. It's like yeah. even people that were writing about it couldn't get yeah. the female characters correct. So yeah, they're, they're not written very strongly. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, I know. Uh, I, it's read, a shame, really. I think it might have been in the same article because it might have been a Metro article I was looking at, but they mentioned that Danny Boyle sort of was presented with the script but yeah. he didn't like the story yeah like he didn't sort of associate with the story so i wonder if maybe because he writes like strong female characters he does yeah um 
for you know in his films i just thought oh maybe maybe that's part of why he, he didn't really like the look of it yeah but it would have been interesting in his hands um, yeah, it, it might have fleshed him out a little bit mm-hmm. so yeah it's a shame really that it's not a, a more movie because there, there's potential there isn't there but like you say yeah, it's definitely. probably in keeping with the uh with the girl power feminism of the time mm-hmm. but looking back it seems a little bit off kilter yeah agreed which kind of brings us on i suppose to has it dated in so many ways <laughs> so like yeah in some ways yeah yeah I've got a yes with an exclamation mark. And then the first one I've written is fashion, in brackets, shell suits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was I like, oh, so. shell suits, no. They could come back. They could make a comeback during like lockdown three. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they probably have. Comfortable, yeah. Yeah. Gerard's, uh, Gerald, Gerald, Gerard. Gerald. I've bro- I've, I'm broken. I'm broken down. <laughs> His living room is all pink. Oh my, it's hideous. Everything yeah. is pink. Yeah. That is such a 90s trope. It is. Like, yeah. just the one room is one colour. Everything in that room is the same colour. Yeah. Yeah, you very know. 90s decor. That is dated. Definitely. Uh, um, working men's club. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, there's still the odd one going. Yeah, Most not of many. Them shut down. Yeah, true. Videos. Videos in the Asda. Videos. That just looked so. It looks so old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. And it's not that uh, long ago that I had a load of videos. In fact, I had Full Monty on uh, on video as as did you. Yeah. Exactly. The lang- language is pretty dated. Yes. Particularly a as it refers it. to women. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know some of the language is like homophobic and yes, like a furry. Um, I wrote down in inverted yeah. commas when they said that it, they uh, with the arsenal offside trap, they wave their arms around like a furry. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then to counteract that, you've got the relationship with Guy and, and Lomper, which is yeah. which is not really commented upon. It's just accepted. Only only briefly commented on by yeah. Gary and Dave. And, yeah. But again, they make a joke about it. They do, but I don't. So, I don't think the. Yeah. I don't think they're making fun of them. No, are they? No. It's just that they, it's an unintentional. Joke it is an unintentional joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no big deal made out of it, and it's no. not. A, it's not an issue. It, it doesn't become an issue no, in the it film, does no. it? As as it, I'm certain it would do if they remade it now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, the way they talk about like women in the film, like you said, is uh, it's quite it's horrific. pretty appalling. Yeah, scoring women out of ten. Uh, which happens yeah. on a couple of occasions. Yeah, talking about uh, men hoovering. I saw you doing the hoovering. I let it go. Oh, but... I let it go. I let it go. <laughs> yeah, but I think I a like, lot, of, a lot of that is done for comic effect, isn't it? Again, yeah, to show to show how kind of outdated uh, mm. Gary is, mm-hmm. really. And it, like Gerald's not telling his wife he's been made redundant. You know, that's that's yeah. quite a, an old fashioned breadwinner setup, uh, is. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two fifty an hour. That's oof. Yeah. Wow. That, I know. That puts, that puts a date on it. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, uh, videos are still four ninety nine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Videos are two hours worth of of wages. Yeah. That's like a four K Blu Ray yeah, now or something, definitely. isn't it? <laughs> Special edition. Yeah. Steelbox. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, yeah, thank goodness that videos uh, or, or media is not that ex- expensive now. I always thought Asda was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then in other ways, it's completely up to date because we've got factories shutting, unemployment, mm-hmm. suicide, all those kind mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, particularly in the north. So, yes. sadly, in those kind of ways, <clears> it's quite, uh, yeah, quite up to date. Yeah, it is. Uh, in terms of being COVID safe... Oh, it's so not COVID. Safe. It's very unsettling, isn't it? All do you, that, not, do, do you find yourself slightly, um, slightly on edge when you watch something like that, where there's lots of people in a room? It's de- yeah, the, the, the last year's definitely changed. Yeah, the way my brain functions when I'm watching films and definitely. TV and stuff now. It's 
It's pretty crazy, isn't it, really? It really is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely. I'm freaked out. You're like, whoa, 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 you can't do that. And Far then you're like, too oh, many people. Yeah, well, you can in the normal reality, you know. Exactly, yeah. The normal um, world, it's fine. But yeah, Gerald and his rumba class, you know, definitely mm. wouldn't be allowed. Can't get that close to anybody that you're not in the same household with. Mm-mm. And all no. the people in the working men's club. Yeah. Yeah. Queuing, in, queuing for the dolls, standing so close together. Definitely, yeah. They're not two metres apart, yeah. No. Not a mask in sight. Madness. So, yeah, definitely not COVID safe. Mm-mm. What about the thing that it won the Oscar for, the soundtrack? This is a oh. this is a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, yeah, like just you know, a, a female composer as well winning. Yeah, winning an Oscar for soundtrack. I should have done some more research and found out if any other woman has ever won an Oscar as oh, a composer. We'll, we'll, we'll put that in in post. Okay, because yeah, that's 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 really that's cool. It is. That is definitely. really cool. Yeah. Footnote: This is going to be a long footnote. Anne Dudley was a founding member of the band Art of Noise. She's worked on dozens of other soundtracks, including 2012's Les Mis. She co-wrote and produced with the likes of Malcolm McLaren, ABC and Mark Almond, and produced the Tom Jones hit You Can Leave Your Hat On from The Full Monty. Anne has also conducted and composed for several orchestras and worked as a session musician with acts from Bewitched, yes, Bewitched, to Paul McCartney, including two pulp albums. We are not worthy. Only four women have won Oscars for their musical scores. Most recently, Hilda Goodnadotte in 2020. That was for Joker, which interestingly also featured Gary Glitter's Rock and Roll Part 2 from the Full Monty soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got all the, the you know, the jukebox um, soundtrack. Gary Glitter on two tracks. Oh, yeah. Little bit unsettling. Little but bit. That was before all the unpleasantness, I suppose, so. Before the publicised part of the unpleasantness. Yes, well, yeah. true, yeah. <laughs> but but um, the, yeah, the, great the soundtrack's songs, fantastic. The gr- they are still they great are. songs, the, the, yeah. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, hot chocolate, Steve Harley. Um, there's a when I was looking at the um, the list of uh, of songs on the soundtrack, I noticed there's a pulp song on it, which obviously Is there? pulp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which oh. I didn't I didn't know, and I'm a huge pulp fan, but um, but mm-hmm. I didn't realise when they're in the uh, working men's club uh, at the end and the backstage. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a real kind of it's a it's a b it's a b side to lip gloss I think. Um, and it's called Deep Fried in Kelvin. And it's actually a song that's written about um, uh, the blocks of flats in Sheffield. Oh. So uh, it's a bit niche. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that It's bit. obviously been chosen carefully. When mm. Yeah, when you pay attention to it, you're like, of course it's pulp. Yeah. But uh, it's only kind of background, really. So uh, And it's mm. a crazy song. If you actually listen to the song on Spotify, it's about eight minutes long and none of the lyrics make sense. But hey, pulp. Um, yeah, pulp at the best. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the soundtrack's just fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any running? Is there any good food? Oh, well, the chocolate bar looks all right. <laughs> oh, the Mars bar, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And the pick and mix, you know. The pick and mix, yeah. What's what exactly are they doing with that Chinese? Does it does he drive Does he drive back from the Chinese with it in his engine to keep <laughs> it warm? Know. I've never understood that section. No, me neither. Yeah. Me neither. But it looks good. It does look good. It, it does. I'm not quite yeah, sure what's going on with it that. It make me chuckle. Uh, we've already discussed uh, Horses Mum's flask. Brilliant. Uh, and Gerald's chips as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Turns up with Forgot his chips. Forgot about chips. Yeah. Is there, there's quite a lot of running. There is. Mm. Well, yeah, there's the Gaz and Dave legging it uphill. I'm quite impressed, stuff, considering know. that Dave's a, a newbie to running. Mm. He, he does quite well. Yeah, he's holding a conversation while he runs. He is, yeah. yeah. Uphill. Uphill. <laughs> it's more than I can do. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Especially up a hill like that as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like Victoria Park. It is. Oh, no, don't remind me of that place. <laughs> <gasps> it is, but yeah. And he runs really fast when he's trying to rescue Lomper from the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But he is gas he is gasping like 
<laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, when he gets yeah. there, he's like... <gasps> he is. <laughs> but yeah, he's you a know, good He run. suffers for it. He is. Um, then he's, you see Guy running later on when he gets spotted by the ladies mm-hmm. on the bench. Yeah. Um, and then there's lots of running out of Asda, generally with stolen goods. Yes. And Guy and Lomper running and fence hopping True. as well. In, na- well, almost naked. Yes. Through people's backyards. What's the matter? Never taken a shortcut before? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so lots of Brilliant. running. Lots mm-hmm. of running. Mm-hmm. Uh, could it start a franchise? Do we need a prequel or a sequel? Apparently it was considered. I believe to so. To have a sequel. I'm glad it didn't. I can't imagine what a sequel would... What, what the point of a sequel would have been. Yeah, well, I I think the uh, writer couldn't see the point in that either. Simon <laughs> yes. was just like, no. I think that, no. that was possibly an accountant's decision. Yeah, it was. Well, apparently, um, he turned down a lot of money to write a sequel. Yeah. Because yeah. he was like, nope, not doing that. I'll ruin the first one. Well, I just can't imagine what, what story's left to tell. I know. I just, I don't. I mean, you know, there's some fantastic sequels out there and fantastic sequels to films from, like, 30, 40 years ago, even. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as, like, now. Yeah. But I just don't understand this obsession with the need for sequels to things. It no. is literally from a monetary purpose, isn't it? It's from, it's from an accountant's part. point of view. Yeah, for the uh, most part it is. It yeah, certainly don't would have been in this case. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed, um, you know, fairly recently, I enjoyed uh, Trainspotting 2. Which you yeah, might, you might have imagined that was for the money, but yeah, that was that was good. Yeah, it was really good, and like you know, they've left it a good long while, so there was a story to tell. Exactly. Yeah, but this story is pretty much it, it's it's wrapped up, isn't it? In this yeah, film, it's wrapped we, we don't need up. to know what happens next. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I'm interested in what happens next because, of course, he makes the child support payment, and then what? You know, well, it, do you know? I was thinking about this as well. That working men's club, there wasn't a thousand people in there. So they don't no. make the uh, 10 grand that they were expecting to. They don't. I reckon there was no. like a few hundred people or something. Yeah. So Perhaps they got on tour. Did he make enough money? Who knows? So they certainly don't make enough money to, to live for the next six months, do they? Mm-mm. Uh, I mm. mean, Lompa's still got his job. Yeah. Daryl's got his job. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dave's probably not got that job and he may be going to prison. <laughs> but uh, Gary's definitely going back to prison. <laughs> he might even be out on bail. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's no story. There's no story there for the no. sequel. Mm-mm. Yeah. Thank goodness <laughs> for a writer <laughs> with principles. Yes. Yeah. Thank goodness indeed. Definitely. So what what's the equivalent? Um, we, we've we've done this category a couple of times, but not for a while. Um, what's the equivalent Hollywood film? Because this is definitely British. Mm-hmm. But if it was if it was made in in Hollywood, do you think they could make it in Hollywood? I don't think they could make this exact film in Hollywood. No, there's been quite but a few Hollywood films about strippers, haven't there? But yeah, yeah. Perhaps so not fat got... or pigeon chested um, strippers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, you've got Magic Mike, haven't you? Which is like yes. the sort of closest. Would you say that's the closest? Probably, yeah. I mean, the story is like pretty much completely different. It I mean, is, it starts yeah. with someone like wanting to make a bit of money, but yes. Other than that, there's no, no other sort than the, the strip, of like for yes. like, is there? Yeah, no, no. Um, but I can't see that this would work if they did like an American version of it. No, I'm not sure it would. I think it's a peculiarly British mm. idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, no, I, I haven't watched any of this, and I'm guessing you haven't either. We've had the real Full Monty on ITV, which no, is a, that. apparently this is a, a, a charity event. Um, uh-huh. It's a charity program raising money for, um, I think, testicular cancer. Oh. Um, the idea well, being that getting your kit off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and they'll link with checking yourself, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently last year they did um, the real Full Monty on ice, which... <sighs> On I mean, ice. I kind of, I, I, out of a morbid curiosity, I kind of want to go right on the iPlayer, on the ITV player right now to yeah. watch it. But for the fact that literally none of the people that are listed as taking part in it would I pay any kind of money to see in the buff. 
<laughs> in fact, it's more the other way around, I would say. They, they would have to pay me. Yeah. But uh, bless, oh, them. bless them for being sports. But uh, Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. enough. So, you know, it's, it's, it's got a legacy, oh. even, you know, 23, 24 years later. It's making me wince the thought of doing, like, on taking ice. off on ice. I, don't I mean, know. just from, I mean, first of all, because I'm always cold. Exactly. You know, yeah. I would be freezing. But also, yeah. if you fell over, oh, dear. you're going to get some icy burns in funny places. You really are. Yeah, <laughs> you really are. Plus those, you know, they always used to tell us when we went skating from uh, from school, if you fall over, pull your fingers in, just in case mm. someone, you know, yeah. uh, skates past you and chops your fingers off. So I hate to think what people who are doing the full Monty on ice um, must be afraid of. Um, you could have some real nasty injuries, couldn't you? <laughs> Very. But, yeah, it's certainly got a lasting oh. legacy, this film. Did you know that there's a musical, that, like a, an actual like stage musical oh, version of The Full Monty? I'm vaguely aware of this, yeah. So does it have the same music in, or is it one of these like sister act where it's uh, completely different I'm, music? I'm not or... entirely certain, mm-hmm. but apparently it, it opened on Broadway in 2000. Right. And they did like 700 plus performances of it and right. won Tony Awards and everything. Footnote. The musical was set in Buffalo, New York, to the disappointment of Full Monty writer Simon Beaufoy. It features no songs from the film, but an original score by David Yazbek. The musical was nominated for many Tony Awards, but sadly won none. So it clearly did translate to an American audience. Even yeah. though allegedly they, they did have to put uh, pamphlets out explaining some of the terminology. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. A slang yeah. guide. A British yeah. slang guide. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even well, the, term, stumped. the term it, the full Monty, it, it always makes me laugh when in a film they mm-hmm. say the title of the film. Yeah. Because it must be so hard for the actors to do that with a straight face. Yeah, not wink at the camera. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one said anything to me about... The full Monty. Yeah. But, did, yeah. Did you read the bit about um, American executives that were back in the film, like producers, they, they really struggled with the title? Because the, <laughs> they couldn't no understand Monty. the title because there's no Monty in the film. They're like, who's Monty? <laughs> the film isn't about Monty. It's like, oh, so, guys, come on. Other, other working <laughs> titles which might have worked better in America um, included Fish and Chippendales. <laughs> which are quite like eggs beans and chippendales i like that one and yeah. one that sounds like it was uh it was just badly translated from several other languages six ugly pigs oh i got the china translation of six naked pigs six naked well. pigs oh my <laughs> so, yeah. gonna, who's gonna go and see that but a, but a very specific type of person <laughs> just imagine being a brit in china and seeing an advertisement for the six naked pigs. Yeah. And knowing it's a British film, you'd be like, I have to go and see this and see what this is about. Definitely. And then you'd be totally confused when you watch the film then. You'd you be would. like, this was not about six naked pigs. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even, even just the plot synopsis of the film, when you read it on the back of the, the DVD case, you just, it sounds dreadful. Mm-hmm. doesn't it it just yeah. sounds like a lowest common denominator kind of gross out comedy yeah and it's really not it's really heartwarming isn't it mm-hmm. it is and another another thing to note was that i don't know if you read about the the last scene when they actually do the, the strip they did it halfway through filming so it didn't kind of get built up into this thing that oh you know, that's a good idea yeah yeah but mm-hmm. they allowed them to have alcohol on the set <laughs> as well just to uh you know let things go a little bit, a uh, little bit easier. So when Gary is drinking, is swigging oh, out of the bottle, whiskey. that probably is. Yeah. I mean, usually it's like, oh yes, we were all just drinking cold tea, um, mm-hmm. but that probably was whiskey or, or some such. And that the where he kisses Nathan was not in uh-huh. the script, right? It was just, I think, something that kind of came over him in the spur of the moment, which uh-huh. is why um, the actor that plays Nathan does look a little nonplussed. Um, when you actually look at his reaction it is a bit oh (laughs) kind of which is lovely yeah that's nice because it's a nice moment because I love that little I love that little speech that Nathan gives to his dad and he's like now get out there and do what you've got to do you know he sort of kicks his butt yeah it's like a proper role reversal isn't it it's like who's the dad yeah yeah oh can I just give a shout out to the actor that uh, plays Nathan as well yes please do 
He's got like the most interesting name that yes. I've come across for an actor, Wim Snape. I think he was I think he was credited in, in this film as William. Right. But he has since become uh, hip and uh, he's now called okay. Wim. Wim Snape. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Footnote, Wim slash William was 12 when he starred in The Full Monty, earning an estimated £100,000 as his share of the profits. Tragically, he was involved in a collision with a car two years later and ended up in hospital for a long time having physiotherapy so that he would be able to walk again. Shortly after getting out, he enrolled in drama school and in January 2002, he landed a role in Emmerdale as Stephen Butler followed up by lots of parts in the likes of Holby City, Casualty and Doctors. He became Wim in 2017, according to IMDb. But we still don't know why. But Maybe yeah, there's another William Snape. Possibly. Somewhere. Could be, could be. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what the equity rules are for child actors, but yeah, he was definitely mm. called William, but now yeah. he's Wim. But he's not really been in much else, has he? I just got British dramas written in in, in brackets. Yeah. So just yeah. generic British things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Usually but casualty and Corrie and all that, isn't it? The Bill. Doctor Who. The Bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. I think the only other um fact now this is the, actually this is probably a fact to finish with. Mm-hmm. This is unless you have any other business. No, I've got no other business. So this is my favourite yep. fact about the, the full Monty director, Peter Catanio. His mm-hmm. dad was a film animator, and as such, he invented the Tetley Tea Folk. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Isn't that a great fact? That is. That's, there you go. That's like super duper British as well. Exactly. You can't get it. more British than a pot of tea. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool fact. It is a very good fact. Mm-hmm. So he's probably living off that legacy. That's why he doesn't have to direct any films. Yeah. Living off the, the, the Tetley money. So that kind of brings us to the end of, uh, of January's She Watchables mm-hmm. podcast. We're already thinking about what we're going to do in February. Yeah. As February is the month of love, as we know. Mm. So maybe we need to do a... We, we should do, a, do Hot Fuzz again, because it's like it was out on Valentine's Day, but I feel like was. people might be a bit fed up if we do that again. Possibly, yeah. 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 It's certainly worthy of doing twice, but... You know, maybe we could do a rom-zom-com instead. Oh, We could do that. Maybe. Or um, I'm sure there are many. I, I, I'm not going to lie, my romance section in my DVD cupboard is somewhat small. Mm. Might have to be yeah. a bit creative. Yeah. We might have to flex some Valentine's rules and things, maybe. <laughs> maybe, yes. yes. But, uh, we'll have but a we'll... think. Answers on a postcard, if you can think of anything that we need to oh, yes. uh, to rewatch for for February's edition. Yes, please don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook. So if you want to drop us a bit of inspiration. you can. Betty's always good free. for a bit of uh, social media plugging. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, until then, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And if you haven't watched The Full Monty in, uh, in a while, then uh, go back and watch it because it's... Uh, it's certainly worth a watch. It cheers everybody up mm-hmm. in these difficult times. Absolutely. Uh, stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. Wash your hands. Yeah.